The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we work super hard every single week to bring you the information and motivation you need to start or grow your own successful real estate investing business. And today is question and answer day, a long time last Wednesday of the month tradition here on Real Life Real Estate, although it feels like it's been a while because, yeah, last 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 time it was the day that the National Real Estate Summit started, so I wasn't here. And the month before that, it feels like we did something different than question and answer week, so maybe we've gotten everybody out of the habit. I don't know, but... This is the week that we just sort of throw open the microphones and you can ask any question you have related to really anything in the real estate investing world, getting started, getting out, buying, selling, managing, financing, anything you want to know. Take your questions here live in the studio at 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. You can also send them via email to askvina at gmail.com. I know our listeners who are not in the Eastern time zone are actually still at work. And it might not be the most politic thing that you could do to get on the phone at work and call Real Life Real Estate and say, listen, I want to quit my job, and I'm wondering how I might go about doing that. So in that case, I'm going to recommend the email method, which again is askvina, that's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A, at gmail.com. By the way, you can send questions to that email address just anytime they come up in your mind. Um, that's my real life real estate Gmail. So like, I'm going to see them on the last Wednesday of the month and answer them on the last Wednesday of the month. Don't get upset if you send it, send one on December 1st and you know, you don't hear the answer on the next show. Cause that's, you know, that's what we do last, last Wednesday of the month. But, uh, just, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to sit around and wait because I know folks have questions and then they think, well, I'm not going to be able to listen to the show tonight because I'm going to my dad's house for dinner. And so I'll just wait. And then they forget their questions. But you could, of course, uh, just go ahead and shoot them over and then I will answer them on an upcoming Q&A day. And then you will be able to listen to it on our podcast at realliferealestate.com. Yes, these nice folks here at this public radio station do the extra work every week of uploading Real Life Real Estate to iTunes and um, to realliferealestate.com. And there are, I haven't counted lately, but hundreds of shows there that you could catch up on or 
uh, just search by your favorite topic or your favorite speaker and download them to your phone and listen to Real Life Real Estate anytime you want. But live is better. Live on Wednesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time at, uh, you know, on your radio dial if you're here in the Cincinnati area or if you're not in the Cincinnati area, uh, you can listen to them at the WMKV button at realliferealestate.com. Or I think there's even an app, Mike. There I think is. WMKV has an app. How did that happen? Like, that's <laughs> that's that's amazing. I've, I've got it downloaded on my phone because every once in a while, Mr. Drew hosts the show when I'm out of town and I am making sure that I'm listening and, you know, seeing what he's saying about me. So... You can download the WMKV app, I assume, for both iPhone and Android. I have an iPhone personally, but um, then you can just, you know, always be right there, touch of a button, listening to WMKV. Again, it's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate, 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. A couple of folks were nice enough to send in questions before the show. Uh, Darren says oh and by the way it's it's helpful sometimes this isn't one of these questions you're okay Darren but uh it help it's helpful sometimes if you tell us where you're writing from so since you don't know what those times are and I do why don't you just put where you're writing from in the email you know this is Darren from Detroit that sort of thing uh Darren's question is a little bit more of a general one though he says what is the best marketing strategy you recommend in this market right now and will you do a training <laughs> on on how to get good comps and show examples? Uh, so doing that sort of training in the restrictions presented by a radio show can be kind of difficult. Like if I were going to sit down and train you on how to get good comps, I would need you to be looking at your computer screen and we'd be looking at examples and things like that and you know, I've done I've done that sort of thing, you know, offline or rather online offline. And, uh, you know, it's something it's something actually that uh, inner circle members have access to. There's a there's a whole little mini training manual on not just finding good comps, but also like figuring out which is which, you know, because because it's like, okay, so I was just literally like I was sitting here waiting for the show to come on and I looked at some comps on a property that my students sent me and they, uh, one of my students sent me and they ranged within a quarter of a mile radius for houses that were very similar in size. They ranged from a low of $16,000 up to a high of $115,000. And the answer to a problem like that is not to average. It's to figure out which ones, which ones of those are actually legit comps and which aren't. So it's not just the training is not just about, um, you know, how, how do you find them? But then how do you how do you justify a, a price within those? And the reason I mention that Inner Circle members have access to that is because on next week's show, we're going to be do, making an offer to benefit public radio for people to join Inner Circle. And this is the last time we're going to be doing that. So... Make sure that you're listening in next week. That's all I'm saying. Uh, now, as to your first question, because everybody's, everybody's listening and going, he asked her about marketing. Well, he also asked me about doing trainings about comps. Uh, what is the best marketing strategy for the market right now? 
we're in a little bit of a of a of a strange market right now. It's not strange in that like it's never happened before. It's strange in that it is in transition. The market is changing from what has been an extremely like like historically strong seller's market with very low inventory and quick sales and quickly rising prices into a buyer's market. And we're just at the at least here in flyover country. We're sort of at the beginning stages of that. When I started talking about this back in September, a lot of the people in here in Ohio kind of looked at me like I had two heads. You know, they said, what are you talking about? Our properties are flying off the market in seven days and they're getting more than asking price and 12 offers and no contingencies. What are you saying? The marketing market's changing. Well, in places like California, they're already six months into that change. So that's, that's how I, you know, I had that magic crystal ball. I just watched what was happening in the rest of the country and also what happens historically during times like these. And your your best marketing strategy actually changes depending on whether it's a seller's market or a buyer's market. So right now, your best marketing strategy is still to reach out to people who have a problem and a property. They must have both things, not just people who have a property, but people who have a problem and a property, a problem being something like they can't pay their taxes or their property is, you know, you drive by the property and it's clearly in really rough shape or, you know, they're in foreclosure, stuff like that, and reach out to them despite the fact that their property is not on the market, doesn't have a for sale sign in the front yard, there's no real estate agent involved. It is It is to reach out to those sorts of people and see what kind of deal you can make person to person. The other side of that and this is this is something we're probably going to be talking about next year when the when the mid-cycle slowdown is in full swing is that when the market is really slow listed properties become a really good source of deals and in some ways those are those are easier right i mean they're listed <laughs> you can just get a real estate agent and they can open the door for 10 different houses for you in one day and you can make offers on all 10 of them and see who accepts the offer. See who's motivated enough to accept it. So, you know, no marketing dollars, no organization. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to figure out how you're going to get out 200 postcards a week or whatever. But that that particular strategy is just not it's not a great strategy at the moment unless you are willing to pay a high percentage of the value of the property in the condition that it's in. And by high, I mean like 90 plus percent in most cases. So we we go plow where the fields are most fertile. And right now they're still most fertile in the off-market property, individual seller type field. But if you're listening to this, you know, in 2019 or 2020, uh, that probably will have changed. And you should probably scroll up the podcast and find one about buying bank-owned properties or something like that that becomes much easier in a buyer's market. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week, which means that uh, any question that you have is a good one today. 877-772-9658 is the number to call here in the studio. You can also send an email to askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. 
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Today's question and answer day on Real Life Real Estate, uh, which means that we're open to whatever questions you might have via phone at 877-772-9658 or email at askvina at gmail.com. So while I was sitting here, I received a text as I suspect several hundred other people throughout the country may have also received that says, uh, um, where'd it go? It says live for the next 40 minutes, free real estate coaching session. Vina consults and answers your questions on demand. Just call her right now at 877-772-9658. That was, that was the smart boy generating phone calls. And I hope that you know i don't we don't get a thousand phone calls here and have to leave people disappointed um all right so question from barbara from indianapolis uh she says i'm a realtor here in indy i've done about 60 transactions this year and recently hired an admin to help me keep up i work with a ton of investors and wholesalers but i'm not actively wholesaling because i just do have too much on my plate Here's my question. If I wanted to start a wholesaling division, that would what would be your first investment or hire? I plan to prepare for the shift and get this off the ground. What would be your first steps knowing I would need to delegate most of it out? Any canned programs or agencies that are worth the money? Okay, first of all, Barbara, uh, this is public radio. So uh, I can't I can't give you specific recommendations and say, hey, go go to this company because they can do this thing for you. And that is what I would be saying. I would be saying, you know, this is a company that can answer phones. This is a company I would not be saying, hey, this is a company that can just do a turnkey wholesaling business for you because that company does not exist. As for your question about who would be the first investment or hire, my question back to you would be, what part of the wholesaling business are you really, really good at and like? Because that's going to be a different answer for different people. Um, you know, I, I am I am really good at the acquisitions part. I'm really good at talking to sellers on the phone. I'm really good to, at uh, working out creative deals. I'm really good at, um, you know, creating marketing, things like that. So those were the last things I hired out because what I needed somebody to do was take the rest of it off of my plate so that I could focus on that. So I hired an admin type person whose job it was to get the marketing out and to, uh, you know, answer the initial phone calls and do the first interview because I don't need to talk to everybody who says, well, my house isn't for sale. Take me off your list. And I hired somebody to um, coordinate the closings and sell the properties. So uh, and that was that was because that was the stuff I didn't like and wasn't good at and the stuff I did like and was good at, I kept doing for a long time. Now, the thing is that you're saying that you're pretty much going to have to delegate most of this work out. So as you know, the work in wholesaling as the work in being a realtor Uh, all starts with getting the leads. So if I was like, okay, who's my first person to hire? It's going to be a superstar acquisitions person. And that's going to be somebody who is willing and likes to be and gets pleasure out of being on the phone eight hours a day, 
And if they're not getting incoming calls from your marketing, then they are making outbound cold calls to people who are on some list or another that you have discovered. And that person really needs to be on commission, which means in your case, they they probably need to have a real estate license because you are a licensed agent and you can't pay people a commission that uh, aren't licensed real estate folks. So that would be that would be my first hire if I had to delegate out everything. Uh, I don't know if your admin has extra time where they could be working on some of the more administrative stuff like getting the list together, getting the marketing out, that sort of thing. Uh, If not, you probably also need somebody whose job is more administrative lead generation and then administrative help with the closing part. The, The other part of the wholesaling business, of course, is selling. And this is where you have potentially you have something that you need to work out in your head and with your broker. Okay. And that is what if you have a client, like, like somebody that you have signed an agency agreement with that says you are going to represent them as a buyer. And then you personally come across a deal that you think would be great for them, but you're a principal in that deal because you're a wholesaler. Your relationship for the purposes of that deal have has changed, right? It's gone from being, I'm going to try and get you the best price and whatever price you want to, nope, this is, I'm trying to get me the best price and whatever price I want. So you're going to have to figure out how to work through that. Are you going to drop the agency side of the business? Are you going to keep the agency side of the business and refer those clients to, to whom you would like to then become a seller? Uh, to a different agent to represent them so that they feel like they're being represented. Um, this is not a small matter for a licensed real estate agent. You 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 need to make sure that you have arranged your business life in such a way and with such disclosures that nobody's ever going to come back later and say, well, I thought she was representing me and then I found out she made $20,000 on that wholesale deal and that's not fair because that's more than a commission. So please think that through, discuss it with your broker, read up on the laws in the state of Indiana about switching agency like that and uh, come up with a policy about that before you hire anybody. Okay. Appreciate your email. Uh, we're now going to go to the phones. The number, by the way, on the phone for the phone is 877-772-9658. And we're going to go to line one, Gina in Northern Kentucky. Gina, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vina. I appreciate that. I have a quick question for you. I'm new at real estate investing, and I was wondering if you could give me a few leading tips for how to best negotiate deals. Uh, So you're talking about negotiating with sellers, right? Negotiating with sellers, yes. Okay, so, so one really helpful thing for new investors is to is to get rid of that word negotiating. Because I, I, I think for a lot of people, it brings up like these images of people sitting across the table from each other, pounding their fists or or that thing that you see on TV where somebody writes a number on a piece of paper and folds it up and passes it across the table to the other guy. And, you know, like like, like corporate negotiating or union negotiating or peace treaty negotiating or something like that. And what <laughs> what what we do in real estate with sellers is really more problem solving. It's more, okay, Mr. Seller, 
you want to sell a house and I want to buy a house. So let's see how we can make this work. Tell me what your situation is. Tell me what you need. Tell me what's happened so far. Tell me, tell me what I need to know to work this out so that both of us are happy at the end of it. And it's, it's, really, it's really a matter of getting a lot of information. And it's, it's, it, it becomes super clear super quickly when you're talking to a seller who just doesn't need your help. <laughs> you know, they just, they just called because, hey, you, you sent them a letter and they're kind of curious about what you might want, what, what you might be able to do for them. But they're, they're really not a seller for you. I mean, they might actually want to sell their house, but only if they can get top price. And that's right. There, there, there's no real estate investor in the world who can can pay top price and all cash and make that into a business model, you know. So I mean, you can do it once, but right. um, it's not it's not a business model. So yeah, you know, finding out if they're really if they're if they really are motivated, if there's really a problem underlying it, if they're uh, if they're completely 100% aware. Oh, that they have a problem. Um, I was actually talking to a student earlier who has been working with the same lady. It, it's got to be going on two months now. And this lady's property is going to be sold at a tax sale in like a month. And she she made an offer, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. And she calls the lady back every once in a while and says, so how you how you doing with that offer? And the lady says, well, you know. I might take, and she names a number a little less than the last number, but it's still way more than the property's worth and the condition it's in. And mm -hmm. the lady just like it's it's like she's got her head in the sand. She does she she she. It's been explained to her that if the property goes to tax sale, she doesn't get to control what it sells for, and that the minimum bid is going to be the amount of the taxes, which is a third of what this student is offering her. And if 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 it goes for that, she's getting nothing. But somehow she just can't the lady just can't grasp it or something. So, you know, there's some of that. Yeah, that's not really negotiating though, right? That's following up and that's reminding people that while, while your offer is not their ideal situation, their ideal situation is a full price and all cash offer and also not to have gotten $10,000 behind in their taxes in the first place, that it's better than what's coming, <laughs> you know? So, so I, you know, I don't know that there's a lot of, a lot of what most people would call negotiation and if i could if i could wave a magic wand and and say here i'm going to make i'm going to make this a characteristic so that you don't have to worry about it anymore i i would make everybody who negotiates real estate deals just more conversational about it just more you know relax <laughs> you know just talk to another human being and and see what see what their situation is because it's not all that high stakes. If the seller is not motivated, nothing you say, no matter how good you are, is going to make them motivated. And if they are motivated, short of being like super rude or offensive, there's <laughs> there's nothing you're going to do that makes them unmotivated. You're just trying to see where where the two of you can come together, if at all. So I'd say the, that's good advice. The big recommendation is just just stop thinking about it as negotiating. You're probably you're probably putting putting barriers in psychological barriers in the way of what you actually need to be doing, which is just having conversations. Yes, putting external pressure on myself, trying to think that um, I have to make a deal, and I, you're probably right. That's just probably self-imposed. That makes entirely sense. Mm -hmm. 
So after you're at the negotiating table, if there is wiggle room, how do you start dealing with that one-on-one and that 10, 15 minutes there at the contract signing? Well, if you've, if you've built rapport with a seller up to that point, because one assumes we're talking about a seller who doesn't have a realtor standing between you and them. And mm-hmm. if you've built rapport, they feel good about you, all that sort of stuff. You just, again, you're just human, right? It, you just be human with them. Look, you know, we, we talked about a price of 40000 now that I'm looking at the property and I'm seeing a couple of things that I didn't expect, you don't say you didn't tell me. You see, <laughs> seen a couple of things here that I I didn't expect. You know, like like really, I, this this kitchen's very workable, but I want to replace it because the what what people want now is the all white cabinets and they want it to be completely up to date and modern. So forty is not where I think I am. You know, honestly, I don't. I don't even think I'm going to be able to get anybody to finance this for me for more than about thirty-two. So, what does that sound like to you? Right? There's not. You know, there's there's some things gotcha. that you, there's there's some things that you can do to that uh, we 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 call sort of internally we call them negotiation tricks, but they're not really tricks. <laughs> so you're not pulling a rabbit out of a mm-hmm. hat here. They're more. They're more just. Things that you can say that help the seller realize what is actually going on and help help them to get around to that, you know things like when they when they dig their heels in and you're pretty sure you're pretty sure that their heels aren't actually dug in. You pre- you're pretty sure that they're negotiating. Uh, mm-hmm. Something like something like saying, okay, so you're saying if I can't do the forty thousand dollars, we just need to shake hands and walk away. You know that's called a takeaway close. Uh-huh. And and if if they if they're just bluffing, they're not going to let you walk away. Yeah, it kind of separates the, the the chaff there from the wheat. Yeah, and it, it's really it truly is just a way of if they would communicate the same way you were and just be just be like completely forthcoming and honest, you would never say mm-hmm. something like that. Because you'd already know, right? But if right. they, if they're, right. <laughs> if they're, if they're not doing that, um, there are some things like that that you can just like train yourself to do. But for I, I'm telling you, 95 percent of all the deals you do are you're just gonna you're gonna walk away and go, man, that was so easy. He just told me what he wanted and told me what his bottom line was, and it worked for me. And golly, I made a deal. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Thank you for your call, Gina. And let's go to line two, Wanda in Kansas City. Wanda, welcome to Real Hi. Life Real Estate. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. What's your question? I, okay, I had a quick question. If I want to start um, doing like um, being a rehabber, do you know any good companies that are good for first-time rehabbers to to use as far as like loan companies other than going through hard money or lender? Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, do you belong to Casey Rhea? No, no, I need to. Okay. I yeah, you need to. to. <laughs> you, <laughs> you need to. And, and, and I, and I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have matter where you said you were from. I would have asked you if you belong to that Rhea group. Uh, okay. Because here's, here's, here's an interesting thing about real estate associations in the world today. A lot of hard money lenders hang out there. Okay. And they make themselves known. They don't like hide in the corner, right? They've got, they've got, they've got tables. They've got flyers they're handing out. And here is the key questions that you need to ask, okay? Because a, okay. a lot of hard money lending is pretty local. 
because there's different there's different laws about it in every state. So I know I know people who lend hard money here in Ohio who couldn't do a loan for you in Kansas City because they don't have they either don't have the team there to do it or they don't have the licensing to do it or whatever. So the questions you want to ask are number one: Will you work with me on my first deal? Because okay. we had a, we had a here at Cincinnati we had a panel a couple of weeks ago of hard money lenders, and when that question came up. There were there were four different lenders on the panel, and two of them said, "No, nah, we basically don't do people's first deals unless it's an extraordinary situation." And then there was this one okay. guy. There, then there was this one guy who was like, "We don't care. We don't care. We don't care. We completely 100% look at the property. We don't care about anything else. <laughs> we don't care about your credit. We don't care about your experience. We don't care about any of that." So uh, now, interestingly, that guy also had the highest rates. Because he's he you know they're taking the highest risk honestly I mean if they're going to loan to anybody based on the property they're going to take back more properties than other people so that would be number one question will you work with me on my first deal because if not there's no reason to really continue the conversation and then you're going to want the, to ask the usual questions about what's your interest rate are there any costs in addition to that and look out for people who have very high upfront costs. There are certain okay. there are certain hard money lenders out in the world. You see them a lot on Facebook, who they they put out these things that say, "Oh, we've got these super duper low rates, and we will finance anything. We'll fin- we'll finance a beachfront property in Kansas City if that's what you have." And they're scam yeah. artists. They they the game is you you of course answer them, and then they say, "Oh, okay, well, so we need to get you pre qualified, and that's going to cost you fifteen hundred dollars." And there's no money to be had. They're making all their money off of people paying them the fifteen hundred dollars to get pre-qualified. Um, you want to add so so like five hundred, maybe seven hundred dollars is a reasonable amount of money to say to say when you get a deal, we're going to have these costs in doing the appraisal, running your credit, um, having somebody come out three times to do draws, all that sort of stuff. That's that's reasonable, but man, anything in the $1,500 range, probably too much money. Uh, how long okay. will you make the loan for? Because that varies. Some of them are six months, some of them are 13 months, things like that. So all the other information that you'd ask for any lender, don't bother to ask it until you found out they will work with you on your first deal. And you'll find somebody. There, there are... Do you know anyone other than hard money lenders? Hmm. Say that again. Do you know anyone other than Do you know anyone other than hot money lenders? Well, you can also look for private lenders, and they will they will also be hanging out at the RIA Group somewhat. Uh, but okay. but they don't advertise. You actually have to be brave enough to sort of stand up in front of the room during that session that a lot of groups have that they call something like buy sell trade or buy sell swap, and uh, just say I'm a I'm a rehabber. I'm working on my first deal i'm looking for some you know private money um if anybody and i need you know i'm gonna need an about this range you probably don't know yet but i i might need as little as 60 or as much as 150 um i'll give you first mortgage against the property if you if you're interested give me your card and we'll have lunch okay don't get up there don't don't get up there and talk about interest rates that you're willing to pay because that kind of crosses the line into potentially making an offer quote unquote but just you know more like i'm looking i'm looking for people let's talk about what that's going to look like okay 
Okay, then. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Wanda. Bye. We're going to take a quick break, after which we will come back and talk to Sue in Louisville and Georgie in Detroit. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and it's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. A couple of follow-ups to Wanda's question. I should have mentioned that uh, it it is starting to be the case again that small community banks, you know, the ones that only have one to five branches instead of hundreds of them, are starting to reopen investor programs where they will actually fund rehabs. We haven't seen that in 10 years. Uh, there was a bank at the uh, meeting of Cincinnati RIA a couple of weeks ago that um, surprised me by saying that they were doing that again. And I, so that, that makes two banks locally that I know that do that. And so you might want to poke around if, you're, if your credit's good and you've got, they typically are going to require you to put about 20% down. Uh, you might want to poke around and see if any of the local banks have that because their rates are going to be better than like lower than both private lenders and um, hard money lenders, although don't get hung up on that because if you're only keeping the money for four months until you can sell the property, it doesn't really matter that much if you're paying 6% or 8% or 12% because it's just not it's just not that much money overall. Uh, the second thing is uh, apparently KC RIA is defunct. I said, I said if you join Kansas City RIA and, and they used to be there, but apparently... Uh, they may not be anymore. And uh, the group you're looking for is Mid-America RIA, M-A RIA. All right, let's go back to the phones and talk to Sue on line three from Louisville. Sue, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Well, thank you. Hi, Vina. Hi. Yeah, can you hear me okay? We can, yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I was using that app that you were talking about to listen to your show. Oh. And I was, I also came to the, the national meeting a couple weeks ago for the first time and I learned a ton. Yeah. Isn't um, that amazing? I'm a newer, yeah. There's so, I'm there's a newer so investor. Um, I have a few properties already, but, um, I actually ran across one today that, um, papers on the window and I started looking up stuff, talked to the neighbors and everything. Just had a couple questions about navigating this. Um, we were able to look up um, on our deed website, uh, you know, like everything. I can find all kinds of stuff on here. But um, if it says that under the person's name, it, so it's a it's a husband and wife. They both passed away. Um, the last one to die was in February of this year. They still haven't. There's no wills that have been filed that I can tell. Mm. Um, there's all kinds of liens, tax liens and everything. But then there was an assignment of certificate of delinquency. Does that mean that somebody bought out um, or paid the taxes and they now have access to that property? It, it probably means so. In Kentucky, tax liens are are sold. That's how that's how the tax collectors collect their money is they sell the tax liens, and then after okay. after a couple of years, the person who bought the tax lien, if they haven't collected the money and the interest, is able to foreclose on the property. And uh, probably what happened is that somebody bought the tax lien and it sounds like maybe someone then bought it from them because once you once you own a tax lien, you're allowed to sell it. So it sort of sounds here like maybe whoever bought the tax lien sold it to someone else. Okay, but that's the Um, that's the person you're going to deal with on that lien. Oh, okay. But if I'm interested in um, at least the neighbor said, you know, that the city keeps coming by, you know, they're getting slapped with all these kind of um, 
hits because, you know, they're just not taking care of the house. Nobody's living there. I mean, it's just a mess. Mm-hmm. How do I, like, if you saw a property like that, like, how do you, how do you figure out, like, who to go to? Because the kids, um, I've got their names from an obituary, but there's no phone numbers because there hasn't been a will that's um, been filed or anything. Um, the two mortgages that I see on here are both, one was Wells Fargo and the other one was a HUD. And there is on one of these um, things that I'm looking at, there's actually an, a, uh, what do you call it, an FHA case number? Mm-hmm. FHA, yeah, so case number. So um, if there's a case number already, the, I know the government's involved. Um, like, where do I look to, like, figure out and find out and okay, see so who you buy the property from? Stage one is you need to skip trace this. You, you, there's, what does that mean? The, the, there's, there's a number of services online that if, okay. if you have the name of the owner, which you do, and you enter that along with an associated address, it will make you a list of probable associates, including their children. And it will have often phone numbers for the children, sometimes emails for the children, and very often addresses for the children. Because okay. unless somebody opens up a probate case on this and gets the right to sell it, you can't buy it no matter what. <laughs> it doesn't matter if the kids okay, want to sell so it they, or what. They have to open a probate yes. on this. Yes, and this, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's possible, although I, I think you would have seen this in your deed records, it's possible that there was a, a joint tenancy with right of survivorship deed, which means that when the last parent died, whoever else was on that deed would have just mm-hmm. been able to automatically get it. But they have to. they still have to go downtown with the death certificate to get that happen right. to get that to happen now my my guess is and i please do not hear this as vena knows because you know i i could just this is this is just experience talking i could be completely wrong about this okay my, my guess okay. is they haven't opened the probate on purpose because by the time they add up all the liens in their heads and the cost of probate they're not going to get anything or not going to get enough to make it worth their while so the conversation you need to have is if you will open probate, I may be able to negotiate down or away some of these liens so that you actually get some money. Because the, the mortgages, if it is in fact currently plural, it's possible that one of those mm-hmm. got paid off, but the, the mortgages might not be super easy to get down especially not that fha one because uh fha will only short the mortgage to 82 percent of the balance it's not fha shorting it's the bank but fha will pay them 82 percent of the mortgage balance so they're not going to short below that oh wow unless they unless they get fha's permission which is fairly rare uh but but you don't know that one could be gone Mm. until you until you get more information you don't know so the immediate follow-up is skip trace the owners find out who the heirs are see if they will talk to you Mm -hmm. see see what see what they say about why probate isn't open Mm -hmm. let them know that some of these things like the city liens potentially the tax liens can Mm -hmm. be negotiated down somewhat um, okay. There, there, there are some options here where, with some work, if if they are willing to sign a contract, you might be able to squeeze that down to where they could possibly get some money. Hmm. What's is that? Is there a website that you said Skip Trace? Is that 
www.skiptrade.com. No, that's just that's was. just a general industry term for tracking down oh. people that you don't know. Uh, but if you if you go Google Skip Trace companies, you'll find okay. that there's lots of them. Okay. So, uh, you know, you want, you want, you're going to have to pay some money for this because the, all the, oh, the, the free okay. ones, the free ones don't give you more information than you could just find by just Googling the people's names in the first place. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're also, you, uh, don't pay $200 for it. You, you ought to be, mm-hmm. able, you ought to be able to get a really good, high quality, all the information you would want, skip trace for like 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I can't, the reason, the reason I'm not mentioning specific companies is because public radio and we don't, yeah, that's that's not a problem. I mean, if they, if if these people didn't have a, a, if they, instead of having a will, if they had a revocable trust, living trust or whatever those are called, they don't even have to, well, I mean, they still have to file something downtown, I think. Yeah, but you wouldn't, you would know that if it were the case, because that would be how the title was being held. Ah, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't yeah. say Joe Blow. Yeah, it would you would say... have to do a quick claim deed to change that. Okay. It, well, it would, okay. S- it would say Joe Blow Living Revocable Trust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, right. the, the more important thing is, did, did they have, or the more, it's, it's a long shot, but this is what you hope has happened, is that mom or who, whoever the last spouse who died was actually had put one of the kids or all of the kids in a, on a joint tenancy deed. Yeah, but that would show up on the records too, wouldn't it? It, it might. It in 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 our records, okay. in a case like that, what you see is name at all. You know, you, they, if there's five okay. names, you can't see all five of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is okay. this is worth this is worth an hour of your time <laughs> to mm-hmm. see yeah. to, to see how far you can take it. But there's there's a yeah. lot of moving parts here. There's tax liens. There's a potential foreclosure. There's city liens. There's heirs who right. who either can't or won't open an estate. Uh, so you know the the good thing about these kinds of deals is that no one is willing to pursue them. So mm-hmm. when you get when you get one that's worth pursuing, like you're the only one. Right, right. <laughs> the the bad thing is there there are a lot of you know potential stopping places here. So you want to find out where those are as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your help. Thanks, Sue. Have a good day. Appreciate okay. you calling. Bye. Let's go to line four, Georgie in Detroit. Georgie, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, how you doing, Mina? Good, how are you? I'm great. Happy holidays. You too. Okay, so I'm a novice wholesaler, and I have a negotiation question. Uh, I have a, a property under contract, and I just showed it to a buyer. He's interested in it. He's one of my faithful buyers. Um, but he seemed a little hesitant because the windows, you know, it needs more work than he was anticipating. So he said he wants the property, but he wants me to come down off the price and he needs me to give him the price. Mm-hmm. So how do you... <laughs> so wait, I'm I'm sorry. He wants you to tell him what he wants to pay? He wants me to come down off the price and he wants me to tell him how much I'm willing to come down. Okay, don't fall for this. This is right. this is <laughs> this is this is he who speaks first loses. All right, no, number okay. one, I will bet you serious money that he will pay you what you're asking. This is I I think I think that this is this is a game that goes. Let's see if we can make Georgie move 
Because, you know, every thousand dollars you come down is another thousand bucks in his pocket. Right. But but I think I think if he were if he were like really like, oh, man, this this needs a lot more work than she told me it did. I'm I'm disappointed and frustrated. He would have just said, look, I can give you forty three. He wouldn't have said, you tell me how much you can take off. So you call him back and you say, you know what? You're the first buyer I've shown this to. I've got about 12 more on my list who are super interested in this neighborhood. I'm going to go ahead and show it to them because I, I think I'm asking the right price. And, you know, if 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 I'm getting the same feedback from everybody else, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back first. Okay. Even and though I don't have 10 other people let, lined up. <laughs> but you can. Right. <laughs> you can you, you got to regroup. <laughs> right. I I I send it out to the emails, text messaging, everything. And I've been getting phone calls. I just haven't had any appointments. Mm-hmm. I just put it on the market yesterday. Yeah, well, fall, yeah, if it, one day and you're like how much should I take <laughs> off my price? No. I don't know. I'm not a negotiator. <laughs> no, That's I I'm calling you. <laughs> I, I I understand. And and honestly, if I were your buyer, I would probably do the same thing to you. But if right. my buyer did that to me, I do what I just told you to do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so you call him back. Yeah, and don't you know? Don't don't. I, obviously, you're just not a hostile person. I can tell that from talking to you on the phone. <laughs> but just just be like, you know, I've been thinking about it, and you were the first person I showed it to. I, you know, I, I I've got other people that are that I'm gonna that I'm gonna show it to. I think my price is the right one. I've got I went back over it again, and I think this is a good price. So I mean, you can understand that. I want to, I want to see what other people want to do. And if, if nobody, you know, if, if no, if everybody's telling me the same thing you're telling me, I promise to come back to you first because I like you and you're one of my big buyers. Okay. But I'm running and a business if, here. Right. And if I have to go back to him, then I'm, it, well, so you, you, you might want to, you might want to, you might want to end the conversation by saying, and by the way, it would help me if you could tell me what you were thinking price wise. Okay. So that I have All something, right. I have something to base that on. It, uh, uh, Georgie, I promise you, this is this is this is my real estate spidey sense talking, and it's never wrong. He, he he's willing to pay your price. Okay. He may he All may right. say he may say my price is actually you know this much, but he's willing to pay your price. Okay, because I had two other callers today, and both of them was like they dropped the price about five grand without seeing it. What I was seeing, they what? said one guy was like, "I'll take it if you're willing to drop it five grand. I'll take it, and okay. I'm not going to make an appointment with you unless you agree to that." Uh, okay, so that's a buyer who probably shouldn't be on your list. Okay, <laughs> because oh my god, like I, I hate it when people like call off of Craigslist and they're like, "Hey, I saw you're in Craigslist. Would you take this much for it?" I'm like, I. I don't even think you're a serious buyer. Like you haven't seen it yet. Right. And you're, you're asking me to negotiate against myself without you seeing it. I mean, I don't say, I say that in my head. I don't say that out loud, but I'm like, right. and my answer is always, nope, it's a good price. Somebody's going to take it. Hope it's you, okay. but you're going to need to see okay. it and then make me a real offer. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank okay. you. Stand your ground, he, he, he wants to pay you what you want. He's just trying to get okay. a better deal. <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Good luck. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that wraps up question and answer week for the month of November. And I know I left a couple of questions in the email box. We will, we will get to those in future weeks. Do not worry about that. 
Uh, but we will be back next week with a very special offer and more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.